Let us pray. O Lord God, inspire us with your word. Help us to hear it with new ears and to respond. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Since it's 4th of July weekend, I thought I would start with a story from American history. The hit musical Hamilton includes a song called Yorktown, The World Turned Upside Down. The song is about the decisive victory that Washington's troops won at the Battle of Yorktown. And the musical, the Hamilton character sings the story as it is going on at this time. We negotiate the terms of surrender. I see George Washington smile. We escort their men out of Yorktown. They stagger home single file. Tens of thousands of people flood the streets. There are screams and church bells ringing. And as our fallen foes retreat, I hear the drinking song they're singing. And the chorus sings, The world turned upside down. The world turned upside down. And I'm telling you this story because it's not just a catchy number from a musical. This actually happened. It was common for soldiers in the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat to sing as they marched in and out of towns and cities and in and out of forts. Sometimes the the soldiers who had been defeated were even forced to do so by the victors. And the world turned upside down is the name of a British folk song that the American patriots forced the soldiers to sing, the British soldiers, as they marched out of Yorktown. The world turned upside down. The world turned upside down was the song that they chose because of what what had just happened. It was appropriate. Somehow, this ragtag army of patriots was turning the world upside down as they fought and defeated the most powerful military force in the world. And it's not uncommon for soldiers and onlookers to write songs in times of war. You all know another one from the Revolutionary War. Everybody knows Yankee Doodle. But that one's not alone. The same thing happens over and over again throughout our history. The Battle Hymn of the Republic was a product of the Civil War. God Bless America was the anthem of the World War era. And if this seems like something archaic that only could have happened in colonial times, consider for a moment the countless number of folk and rock songs that were written to express both sides of what people were feeling during the Vietnam War. And consider the fact that there's been a tremendous resurgence of the song God Bless America since September 11th, 2001. 
songs are present in times of war, and that phenomenon is not unique to America. Biblical scholars tell us that perhaps the very oldest words in all of Scripture as it moved from oral to written tradition, was the story of the Israelites crossing the Red Sea, escaping slavery under Pharaoh's army, and a song that was sung at that moment. It's called the Song of Miriam. Miriam was the sister of Moses. And when the the Hebrews crossed the Red Sea and escaped to freedom, she sings, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. They are perhaps the oldest words in all of Scripture. This is what people do. When human beings are searching for meaning, we create things. We paint pictures and we build monuments. We write stories and poems and songs. Creativity is how people grieve. It's how people remember and it's how they celebrate. Certainly war itself is not something to be celebrated, but the songs are common because of the belief and the hope that the struggle and the pain of it was somehow worth something. People sing because of the need to find meaning in their lives. Far beyond war times, human beings use songs to celebrate courage and to inspire bravery and to drive change, to turn the world upside down. That's why it's so common in the pages of the Bible to find words very much like the ones we sung during Psalm 96 this morning. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. God gives us music to call us beyond where we are and into new places and to help us believe that the world can be different than it is. When the Hebrews are enslaved in Egypt, making bricks without straw, they could not believe that they could possibly be set free. When the American colonists were paying exorbitant taxes on tea and housing British soldiers in their homes during peacetime, they could not believe that they might be able to overthrow their oppressors. So when the impossible becomes possible, they marked what was happening by singing songs. And in the Bible, the search for meaning in songs happens not just in times of victory and defeat. It happens in all kinds of human circumstances. Having lived through personal, difficult, deep struggles, the writers of the Psalms sing about things like God bringing them up from the pit. You've heard that language in our Psalms. They say, you have turned my mourning into dancing, O God. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy so that my soul may praise you and not remain silent. Biblical people sing about hope in a peaceful future. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf, 
and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Biblical people sing to grieve and to acknowledge the brevity of life. O Lord, make me to know the measure of my days on earth. For the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. And biblical people sing to celebrate love. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. For the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, and the time of singing has come. The sum of what I'm saying today is this. If you've ever wondered why we're always asking you to sing here at church, there's a good reason, and we didn't just make it up. Church is supposed to be a place where people can come to believe that God is with them in the midst of the movements of life. God understands struggle. A better life is possible. God takes pleasure in the good things of life that we too enjoy. So we sing songs in church about the things that God has done for us in the past. We sing about the truths that Jesus taught to his disciples. We sing about the mission of the church in the world. We sing ourselves into richer and fuller ways of being. And we, in so doing, inspire one another into better ways of life. Paul's here this morning because he believes in these things. And in particular, he believes that they are most often realized when people in the pews are the ones doing the singing. Choirs and bands are a fixture in Christian worship all over the world, especially at places like Knox, where we're blessed with such a rich tradition of music. But if we let the people in the front or in the back do all of the work, we miss out on a chance to participate in this amazing historical truth, the creative power of the human voice. Your voice. The creative power of your voice. And whether you're a classically trained performer or you feel like you can barely carry a tune, like Roger told our children this morning, God enjoys that sound. So Paul travels all over the country helping not just choirs but congregations to sing together. And we're asking you all to sing this morning a lot. There's no choir. They're already sitting among you in the pews. You're going to be asked to sing the offertory as you pass the plates and share your gifts. And you're going to be asked to sing the communion anthem as you share the bread and the cup with one another. And as you do these things, as you sing and as you listen, I invite you to give thought to the idea that singing is what people do 
when they're longing for change in their lives and in the world around them. So what are you hoping to change in your life or in the world around you? Perhaps it's an issue of justice, a problem of poverty or inequality in our community. Perhaps it's the difficulty and divisiveness of our political culture right now, in which case it is especially cool that in church people from different viewpoints can still get together and sing a song. Maybe it's something more immediate and personal to you. A broken relationship that needs to get better. An illness or an addiction that is in need of healing. A person you love about whom you are concerned. Perhaps today in your life, you'll sing about a joy. Maybe you haven't exactly thought about it lately, but you are deeply blessed with much to be thankful for. And perhaps you know yourself to be so blessed that it might just be worth singing a song. Whatever it is, my invitation to you today is this. Sing to the Lord a new song. Amen.